0: Why? There's a question asked of God more frequently than that. I don't know what it would be. Why? A 38-year-old man dies in his sleep with no prior warning of any type of sickness, leaving behind his wife and two small children. Why? Why? A young girl diagnosed with a brain tumor threatening to extinguish her life at a still very tender age. Why? A self-employed man who truly loves the Lord and sincerely seeks to do whatever he can to honor God and all that he does cannot find work. Why? A high school student struggling to try, struggling to, try to find friends. Why? The Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> why? Whenever any type of difficulty or hardship or disaster comes our way, we are quick to lift our heads to the heavens and proclaim, why? To cry out, why? It's funny though, huh? Because the blessings that we experience on a daily basis don't provoke the same question, often at least in my own life. A near-miss car accident, I don't like, why? Why is that? We're so quick to focus on the bad that I think we often miss the good. All this comes to mind to me this week because of two things. I had a totally different homily prepared and then this week, this past week hit. And two specific things. There was an experience I had at the emergency room at Sanford. And the second was a podcast I heard from a priest I know on this very topic. And just so you know, this is how God works in my life. You know, a lot of the times I've talked to a few people and they're like, you always talk about that you hear God all the time and you experience God all the time and he's everywhere in your prayer. And That's not true. I don't... I don't experience God directly in my prayer, almost ever. Most of the time, 99% of the time I'm in the chapel, it's quiet. I don't hear anything. I don't experience anything. I'm there out of love. But indirectly, yes, I do experience God all the time. And that could be through a song on the radio, That could be through a podcast. That could be through a situation that I'm in. That could be through whatever. I see him working all the time. But this past week, I really felt God speaking directly to me for the first time in a long time. This past week was a crazy week here at St. Joseph's. I'm sure most of you could imagine if you read the letter that the three pastors of the Mandan area sent out regarding the changes to our school system and the daycare here at St. Joseph's. On top of all that, on Friday, our entire phone system crashed and now needs to be replaced. On top of that, we have $10,000 in our savings account and we have $100,000 a month payroll. On top of that, we're $130,000 in the red coming to the end of this fiscal year because we were doing everything in our power to keep our school open. And on top of that, as most of you know, and I thank you for your prayers, my mother is not in the best of health. With all of that, I went to the emergency room earlier this week to anoint one of our parishioners who was dying. And after that anointing, I came out, and up on the side of the emergency room was a young woman about mid thirties and she had a blanket kind of pulled over her head and she was just skin and bones and she was just weeping. And so I felt the Lord kind of nudging me to go up and talk to her and I hate when he nudges me. I hate that. It usually turns out good. So I went up and I sat down next beside her and I said, what's your name? And she said, Monica. And Monica's been on my mind all week now. And I said, what's the matter, Monica? And she said, I have so much pain. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it. And so I said, Monica, can I pray with you? And she said, yeah. So I prayed with Monica. And after that, I got up and I walked out of the door of the emergency room. And I got into my truck. And I just put my head on the steering wheel and said, why? Why? Why, why, God, does there have to be all this pain, all this suffering, all these problems? Why are you doing this? And it was at that moment, right there, that God interrupted me very directly and said, You are asking the wrong why. Don't ask me about the problems. Problems you will have with you always. Ask me about what I'm doing. Ask me about what I did for you. Ask me why I came down from heaven to be born of the Virgin Mary. Ask me why I decided to live in a little dumpy town in the middle of nowhere when I should have been living in the midst of royalty and splendor. Ask me why I lived in obscurity for 30 years before my public ministry. Ask me why I chose a life of rejection, isolation, being scorned, blasphemed, even being called the devil himself. Ask me why. Ask me why I allowed my best friend to betray me. Ask me why I allowed mankind, who I created, to arrest me, to beat me. To mock me, to spit on me, and ultimately to crucify me. Ask me why I did that. Ask me why I care so much about you when you often don't care about me. Ask me why. Ask me why I went to the grave for you. Ask me why I ascended to heaven for you. And even now prepare a place for you to live Ask me why I come here every single day under the appearance of bread and wine. Ask me why. Ask me why I don't just tolerate you or put up with you. I delight in you. And I love you. And finally, ask me why I am so patient with you when you are so often fickle. Ask me why. And my friends, after that moment this week in my truck, I have been doing just that. A refocusing. Not on all the problems that surround us, but on God himself, what he's done for me, and what he is doing right now. And that's, if you look at St. Peter, right? When he walks on water... When's he walking on water? When he's focused on God? When does he sink? When does he begin to drown in the chaos of life when he looks at the problem? When he looks at the storm that he can't control? I don't think that this thing that was given to me that day was just for me. I think it's for all of us. This is an extraordinary time of grace for us in this parish. Especially during the time of change that we're going through right now. Because the temptation is, I think, to focus on all the garbage. Instead of sitting back and saying, holy cow, what is God doing right now? I told Deacon Randy, I told Dr. Fleischhacker, I said, at the end of this whole thing, we got to write a book. Because God is providing in ways that I never could have dreamed. And like all good stories, he waits. I don't know why he does this. And it drives me nuts. I think it's just to increase our faith. But he waits right till the end. And then he's there. Will you trust me all? Keep coming with me. Will you stay? Will you believe? Do you not realize that I have your best good in mind? Will you trust me? And I think the Lord is extending to all of us the invitation to grow more deeply in our relationship with Him to see what He is doing and maybe even more importantly, what He has done. I think He was saying to me this week all the problems, all the hatred, all the pain, all the suffering, I'm here. Why do you think I did that? So you'd never be alone. So, you realize that I want to be with you at your worst, not your best. I want to be with you at your worst. And I think that that is what he is calling all of us to do this Advent. You know, isn't Advent for Christians an extraordinarily wasted time? Nobody knows what to do. If, I mean, if, when we get to Lent, everybody's like, well, yeah, you just stop eating, <laughs> you give up happiness. You live in the desert for 40 days. Life is terrible. And then it's Easter. But if I ask you about Advent, everybody's like, uh. I mean, I, I decorate a tree. I put lights on the house. I buy presents. I write Christmas cards. So conscious of the fact that most people don't know what to do during these days, let me suggest something to you all. Commit 20 minutes a day to prayer. For the rest of Advent. All the way up to Christmas. Maybe in the morning with a cup of coffee. Maybe in the evening before bed. But commit to 20 full minutes. Where you're either sitting in silence or reading the scriptures. But I want you, when you do this, to say this to God. Ask him to give you the gift of wonder and awe. To ponder all that he has done and all he is doing for you. So that you will be ready to ponder anew yet again the miracle, the magnificence of what Christmas really is. Not money and gifts and all that other stuff. But the glory that God became one of us. So that we could be with him. Someone once wrote that nothing is more perilous to the human being than getting used to what is magnificent. Have you and I gotten used to the magnificence of Christmas? Have we gotten bored with the fact that God, God became one of us so that we would never be alone ever again? That is the Christmas miracle may we give our hearts to the God that loves us and may we see all that he has done and all that he is doing and may our hearts rejoice